Welcome to O Timothy Podcast with Brother Josiah, Chidi, Matt Marshall. I guess I can stop saying podcast. Everybody knows what a podcast is. I'm just a creature of habit. And, yes. uh, and that's why I do it. But hey, we're glad to have you here today. Uh, looking forward to the conversation today with Brother Josiah. And we've had a great week. God has been good to us in many, many ways. And uh, I'm, I'm so blessed. Uh, one of the things I've been enjoying lately is just watching my little daughter uh, start school in her, her little school dress, you know, and, and little school shoes and high socks and walking off with her, her backpack. You know, it's, it, it's hard. Uh, oh, man, that's a, that start is always hard, um, emotional and uh, exciting. And you realize it's the beginning of something, but it's actually the beginning of an end of something. And so, man, that's, that's been a challenge for me just watching her and she's doing, she's doing really well. Um, and, and adjusting and we've held her back just because she's a November birthday. So she's actually starting K4 though. She'll be six here in November. And uh, so hopefully that'll help her to uh, adjust and maybe be a little bit more ready when she graduates from, from high school. I can't even believe that we, we had what I call uh, God's great surprise in our family. Mm, and that yes. is we have three boys, you know, um, <laughs> Tim's almost 20. Zach's 17, Caden's 14, and Lauren is almost six. And uh, everything was sold for babies in the house. Anything that was left for babies was blue. So we had to we had to hit the Facebook marketplace and go out there and buy a bunch of stuff and uh, Amen. <laughs> re a, restart. Yeah. Yeah. What a blessing. What are, you, what are your kids' age and, ages? Yeah. So where we're at in life is uh, my oldest is, and my wife's going to, going to get me if I get this wrong and I probably will, uh, but, um, <laughs> my oldest is nine. Um, my, and she, my girl, my daughter, Danny girl, I call her, but Danielle, she's nine starting fourth grade this year. Mm. And, uh, she just started that. Uh, so first this is her second year in school, uh, in an actual school. She, we did homeschool before, uh, third grade. So anyway, so that's Danielle and she's nine. And, uh, she loves school. She loves being, you know, meeting her teachers and having her friends there and everything. And then my son, Nathan, he is, uh, he is, what is he? Six. Yes. He's six and he's in first grade and, uh, he is the man. He is a chip off the old block. He's got the big cheaty head and, and all the rest. And, uh, we, we, we own it and we love it. So he's, he's, uh, he's doing well there. And then, but my youngest son, Noah, and he was, uh, you know, so far we haven't had any God, you know, God surprises yet. Um, and we're hoping we don't have any of those, but God's, God's will be done. So we uh, leave that with the Lord to some degree, but <clears throat> he uh, is our last at this point. So he, uh, he just started K4 and, uh, and he is, he is loving it. He is, uh, he is, uh, what do you call it? My mom used to call it like a wallflower. She, he's just everywhere. I mean, he just, uh, he can be anywhere. He can do anything. He just adapts. He loves being around people and, and so that's been really fun. But my wife's also started working at the school. So uh, it's been a lot of change in our home where my wife was stay at home. I was essentially kind of working from home, going down to the church, that kind of stuff. And now I'm back to work outside the church and by vocational, which is a blessing, uh, be able to provide for the family a little bit more and, and that kind of thing and ease the burden of the church and 
which is all a blessing, but it's just brought a lot of change mm. in the last month. And, uh, but yeah, the, those heartstrings of watching, you know, your last child kind of leave that, you know, he's, 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 uh, you know, leave the, uh, the dependency of mm. having to be at home, having to be, you know, cared for in these different ways. Uh, it is, uh, it does pull the heartstrings. And for me, that it's a really weird thing. Cause I have to continue just, you know, you just gotta go, you gotta do the next thing and you gotta, you gotta move. And I don't always take a lot of time to sit back and take it in and uh but it sometimes it just kind of hits you so the other day there were pictures on the table my wife had for a project he had for school and uh <clears throat> you know so she printed some pictures and it's him at school and it's him you know just his personality was shown in the pictures and and it really just uh <clears throat> it's really touching it's just really neat to see that he's enjoying it that he's but and then you realize hey you know there's been some change in our lives. And so it just kind of hit me at that point, but uh, it's been a blessing. We're excited uh, for what the Lord's doing in my kids' lives. And, and I'm just so thankful for them. And uh, God has just blessed me with an incredible inheritance. Uh, you know, they're his, it's his inheritance to us. So we take care of them and, and uh, man, we just love them so much. And now you said, but you said your son is at, co at school, right? In, in, in college. Um, yes. Where's he at? Uh, he's at Pensacola Christian. He's, he's in his second year of uh, a music right. degree. And uh, he is taking choral writing and arranging, and and he's he he loves it. Tim is Tim is a go getter from the very beginning. He had, a, I mean, from probably almost the beginning of of his uh, grade school, elementary, he had this uh, Lego clock, the Stormtrooper Lego clock. Do you remember that? Um, he I don't know if you ever saw one of those, but that was his. He mm -hmm. called him Stormy. And Stormy would would buzz, you know, at the time in the morning when it was time to get up. And when it he Tim never hit snooze. Uh, it, when it went off, boom, he's up, and the rest of the house is now up. And so he <laughs> he um, he's ready to go. He's a go getter, and he, he's he's such a he has such a great heart and and resilient young man. Uh, it's a blessing. I can't believe he's going to be twenty years old uh, in October. And, uh, yeah. but he, but yeah, so he's, he's doing music down there involved in all kinds of things. He was able to work at a Christian youth camp over the summer. We really didn't get to see him, uh, this summer very much because he went straight from working, I think it was 12 weeks of youth camp and, uh, and then straight to, straight to college from there because his work started early. So we miss him. Oh, Lord willing to be able to see him at Christmas. And, uh, it's, it's, God's been good to us. Today's episode is is kind of a little bit like that. It's like looking back, a little bit of scrapbook. And uh, the last few weeks, my my family and I have been sitting down. Um, I've found that it's a lot easier in our generation to look back at videos because a lot of things are digitized, you know, and it's not as cumbersome to pull out. The, the I have some stuff, you know, from either VHS or you know, um, High Eight. I think eight mil, not eight, mm. mil, High Eight was some of that, the different formats of camcorders. And we have a right. little bit of that when we first were married. But uh, now I have a lot, you know, on either an iPhone or, or some sort of digital. And so we've been sitting back recently and uh, walking through those years. And it's so it's so amazing. Like you talk about, you know, you, know, you stop and, and look at pictures and videos and you, you just don't realize you're actually living life that day. But when you look at a video of it, you're going, oh, man, that was great that, you know, um, some of the things we did as family are just hilarious. And and our, my boys are, are crack ups all the time. And uh, I thank God for so many, so many good, good memories. You know, the old Timothy podcast is really about uh, handing down the blessings that we've been been given 
to someone else, encouraging uh, uh, maybe a Timothy that might be listening to us. You may it may not be our Timothy. We don't claim to to that at all, but we just want to encourage you in that relationship of keeping the things that you've been give, been given to you. And uh, today we want to kind of talk a little bit about our history in church and our particular our, our salvation stories, our, our ministry stories. And so um, I think it would be best if if we just kicked it right over to Brother Josiah and let him and let him tell us some stories, brother. We're ready to hear from what the Lord's done in your life. You ready? I'm ready. Go. Let's do it. Yes. So, <clears throat> man, I, I you know I love doing this kind of stuff, but I I love telling the stories. I love uh, I love reminiscing. Um, you know. What is someone said that nostalgia is is like a cul-de-sac. You know, you don't go anywhere. Um, but uh, I think it's good every once in a while to reminisce and to to think back on. You know, twice Paul Paul uh, told his story of how he came to Christ um, in the Book of Acts. You know, history book. You know, anything that's repeated in Scripture to me is always uh, you know it's it's something to take note of. And so Paul did that twice and just shared his testimony. Um, and so that's what we want to do here. And, and that's what I want to do and, and just kind of lay it out. You know, I grew up family of nine. A lot of people know that, you know, our faithful listeners, if we even have any. I know a f- couple of folks from our church. Yeah, I think there's two. No, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I haven't even looked at the, the metrics in a while, the, the analytics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There may be more and, than the- that. Those two would be our wives, you know, those two would be, my wife <laughs> you, listens. You obviously don't know my wife. <laughs> she, she doesn't listen to it. She's it, not that she wouldn't, she's just not a techie person, right? So she, if I told her, hey, go to the Timothy podcast, she'd be like, you know, where is that? Where, where, where did I find that? It's on all platforms, babe. Platforms? Are you like at the church platform or what are you talking about? I'm I'm razzing her a little bit, but she's she's just so cool that way because she she's not enamored with it, but. I'm, I'm thankful that your wife listens. <laughs> yeah, my wife is up on it, man. She loves that stuff. And uh, but I asked her to listen. You know, she does it out of a kindness to me, I think. And she, my wife's very gracious with it. But um, but we have fun with it. So, <clears throat> but uh, our faithful listeners, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, you know, we we've got you're gonna clear. To, uh, you're going to clear off a spot there. Go ahead, brother. Come on. <clears throat> right. Mm. Um, you're good. You got it. Yeah. So we, we, you know, got nine kids in my family and, and, uh, you know, it was a pretty chaotic at times upbringing and and just a lot going on, a lot of moving parts all the time, you know, uh, but church was always a big deal. So when I, you know, growing up, um, I was the age of five and I, I remember, I remember the preaching always hearing good preaching. My, my pastor growing up was a good man. We had Bible conferences. We had, he was a faithful preacher of the gospel. The Bible conferences always had good preachers in, uh, the Clark family, brother, brother Charlie and his dad, uh, Charles, brother Charlie senior, I guess he's technically junior or whatever, but, um, he would come and preach and, and brother Bobby Utley and Walt Ziegler, if anyone's heard of that name, um, just some, some great men who a lot of people never heard of, you know, kind of obscure, but man, they would come and preach the gospel and preach the word of God faithfully. And uh, so I heard a lot of great preaching growing up and I was, you know, I'm, I'm Josiah the Baptist, you know, born and raised in church and, and, uh, I love it. I'm thankful for it. But I was five years old and I remember going to a, a grocery store with a buddy of mine or a dollar store. It was a dollar, I think a dollar tree or dollar general, whatever it was. And, uh, there was a little toy gun there, a little toy squirt gun. And, uh, and I remember being just enamored with it and I'm walking around the store and, and I was just enamored with this thing. And I can still remember it like it was yesterday. And I, I just loved it. And, but I didn't tell the mom that I was with or, or whatever. 
And uh, so I just kind of walked out with it and I never, never paid for it. And I remember being out in the parking lot and she noticed that I had this in my hand. She said, did you pay for that? And I said, you know, and I remember, you know, caught red handed, but it wasn't even, you know, it wasn't intentional. It was like just an honest mistake, but I knew, oh no, I just stole. This is 10 commandments. This is, you know, this is wrong. So I recognized that I was, um, I knew something was wrong and I knew I did wrong. And so she got the security officer, may have even been a cop. I'm not sure, but got him over come talk to me and put the fear of God in me and just said, you know, this is wrong. You're not supposed to do this. And I, you know, gave it back to him being in tears. And, and I knew something was wrong. I knew that, uh, you know, I knew that there was something in my life that was, you know, I, I was going to church, I, you know, whatever, everything was fine going to Christian school, but man, I knew I was a sinner. And, uh, I believe that was a Tuesday if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, the next day there was a preacher who, who, uh, was visiting the church and we didn't have chapel very often at our Christian school. But that Wednesday we did, because I think just because this man was here. And so he taught and preached the chapel service. And I remember, you know, man, something's not right. Like what he's saying is convicting me and it, man, it hurts. You know, it's like, ah, oh, something's wrong. And uh, that night, I remember this vividly, him, him preaching on being a soul winner. And I forget his name, something Zimmerman. I want to say he was out of Florida, um, but I don't remember his first name. Big guy, had tracks coming out of all his pockets and and uh, just, you know, soul winner. And so that's what he taught on. But he talked about the the uh, the uh, pangs of hell and, and uh, the the dangers and the, the you know, the problems of um, if someone doesn't get saved, where they're where they're headed. And I realized that's what's wrong is that I've defied a holy God that I'm, you know, going to possibly spend eternity in hell if I don't trust Christ as my savior. And, uh, so, so I did. And, uh, but, uh, that night I remember hearing the message, went home and uh, I asked my brother, Caleb, we were up in our room getting ready for, uh, getting ready for bed, getting our clothes laid out for the next day for school and whatever else. And I just said, Hey man, uh, something's wrong. Like I, I need to get saved. You know, I, I know, I know I'm a sinner, man. I messed up. And, and my brother, the best of his ability, I remember he took a Bible and opened it up. And I remember the bed, race car, um, race car blanket on the bed. And it was the lower, lower bed. We had a, we had a bunk bed and this was like a full size bed on the, on the floor. And, and I remember he opened that Bible up and I, I don't know exactly what verses he took me to, cause I knew what to do. I knew, I knew, you know, I just got to believe and trust. And, and again, to the best of ability, he showed me, but I remember there I prayed asked Christ to save me. And, uh, I knew, I knew as a sinner, I knew that Jesus Christ died for my sins. And I knew I'd, all I had to do was believe. And I love that Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me. And we have to have faith as a child and so five years old, yeah, five years old, I put my faith and trust in Christ. And I remember my, my, I ran downstairs to tell my parents and my parents, you know, we talked about traditions the last few episodes and, and, you know, tradition that they kind of had was after, you know, church services and things, um, especially like Wednesday nights, they'd be kind of just sitting around and they'd be, you know, having like popcorn or eating some chips and just kind of relaxing after the service and just, mm. you know, kind of spending some time together. Wednesdays were pretty busy with church and school and everything else. So they would have some time together. And I remember my dad with his, his suspenders, his white dress shirt, you know, and his, uh, you know, his church, church clothes. And my mom's still in hers, just sitting there at the couch talking. And I just ran downstairs and jumped mm. in my dad's arms and, you know, told him, Hey, I just got saved. And, and I remember he put the chips down and, you know, Hey, Hey buddy. Yeah. You know, praise the Lord. That's great. Let's get you baptized. And, mm. and, uh, we were off to the races, but, uh, <clears throat> that's when I, when I got saved and I wrestled with, with, uh, assurance later on, you know, mm-hmm. as a, cause I did, as some people say, some preachers have said, you know, I, 
I did most of my sinning after I got saved than before. And I can remember, you know, just starting to realize, man, I am not perfect. And uh, even mm. though I got saved young, but in church, you know, there's things that I've been doing. So I wrestled with assurance. And I remember going to my dad one day, just saying, dad, I don't know. I don't know if it took. I don't know if I really prayed and meant it. And I've been sinning and I, there's some stuff in my life, man. Dad, how, what do how I do? How old were you at this time? I was, I believe I was 11, maybe 12. Okay. So, you know, it was just kind of, yeah, it was probably 12 and uh, kind of coming into those tween years, you're in between and, and just, I had started a little bit rebellion. I had been going through a growth spurt. I had been, you know, and I only say that to say, huh, it's kind of a random factoid, but I say that to say, like, I was, I, there was things happening in my life where I was growing and things were changing. And I'm like, man, something, sure. something's not right, you know? And I was at my uncle Bob's church, brother Bob Nagalski. He had a meeting going on with brother Osteen from, was he from North Dakota, South Dakota, somewhere out there and had him preaching. And I don't remember the message. I just knew, you know, man, I, I think something's wrong. So I went to my dad and I, after the altar and, and just said, dad, what do I do? And he said, well, you know what to do. I said, dad, like something's wrong. He said, well, if you think something's wrong, you just gotta, you gotta tell the Lord, just tell the Lord and ask him. Like, I can't, he said, if, if God's brought you here, you've just gotta, you've gotta make it, you gotta make it real. You gotta do it again or whatever. So, uh, I prayed and trusted, felt like I trusted Christ again. But I remember even as I prayed, just told the Lord kind of bared, bore my heart out. I remember like a flood, God brought back the assurance of, no, you mm. you trusted me. You mm. believe me. You know, you've just been wrestling with sin. I kind of that realization that I wasn't unsaved. I just needed to get right. Sure. And, and that assurance came like a flood. His spirit, I think just bore witness with the fact that I was, I was saved. It was just struggling with sin. And, uh, and I started, I remember that was really when I started to grow in the Lord, uh, from the time I got saved to that time of assurance was, you know, about six years. And I, I would say that's when I started to grow. I, I read my Bible, you know, for the first time through when I was 12, you know, I got called to preach when I was, uh, 12, 13, somewhere in there. And, uh, and so, uh, that's where things really took off for me, uh, but that's my salvation testimony. And mm -hmm. man, I praise the Lord for what he did. It's, it's that simple, by the way, as well, if anyone's listening, um, yes. you know, it's, it's that simple, uh, simply believe, simply trust, uh, call upon the name of the Lord. I don't, you know, I don't even necessarily care what kind of words you use. I don't think God says there has to be specific words, uh, but just confess Christ and believe in thy heart, you know, and, uh, that's, that's what it takes. And I knew that at the age of five and I've never necessarily doubted it since. And especially after, uh, spending that time with my dad at the altar that day, um, everything just became clear and God has been, more real to me every day ever since. And uh, so that's my salvation testimony. And I want to encourage anyone with that. It, it's good to go back and remember. It's good to share it with somebody. I've used it as a tool to witness to people is, hey, this is what happened to me. And uh, I think that's a blessing as well. But Brother Matt, I'll throw it back to you as far as your salvation testimony. And then maybe we can get into the, the call of God on your life and, and we can get into that next. But what, how, how did you come to saving faith in Christ? You know, I think one of the reasons why you and I um, are able to connect here on on this podcast and, and just as friends and, and, and pastors in the ministry is the similarities of, of, of history and track we've been on. And so my salvation testimony is similar, although um, I think I was a little bit more of a sinner than you because it took a while for me to come to grips with that. Uh, I was 11 years old. Last episode, we talked about family traditions. And one of the things that you, uh, you have in a large family is peer pressure. And they all know your sins and they all know that 
you know, you need to be saved. So growing up in a, in a larger family with older sisters, I like to say I was raised by nine moms. Uh, they, they often were, uh, you know, when I was very young, they were trying to help me get some things right with the Lord. And so they would, they would say, you need to be saved, you know? So there was, there was all these missionaries in your home that were telling you, you know, if you had a bad attitude that day, it's because you need to be saved. So when I was very young, I remember praying and asking the Lord save me as a very, as a young child. I'm talking like four years old. And I remember the experience, which is interesting to me. But I, years later, I realized um, when I was 11, I realized I kind of did that for my family. I kind of did it because of the pressure. And so when I was 11 years old, we were, uh, we were in uh, Southern Ohio, actually, in Milford, Ohio, there at uh, I think it's First Baptist Church of Milford. And or, excuse me, uh, maybe in Middleton, Middleton. Um, and it's right there on I-75. I've passed it several times and actually I'm, I'm, I'm getting all my wires crossed, but it was Grace Baptist Church in Middleton, Ohio. There is First Baptist of Milford. Uh, but that we're at that church, I'll never forget. It's right on the highway. We were, we were there and my mom actually asked me a question that morning and she said, Matt, are you saved? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, uh, that had really just kind of stuck in me. Now, a few a few months earlier, my brother had gotten saved, and he tells his salvation testimony, and 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 I I started to think about it then, but I kind of passed it away, you know, uh, uh, shook shook it off and just kind of let it go. But when my mom asked me that question that day, I had already been kind of thinking about it a little bit, and then that week, that was a Sunday night, that whole week, I thought about it. And I began to kind of lay awake at night and say, man, if I, if I was, the rapture was to happen, if, if I would go to hell, I don't, I don't think for certain that I, I know I'm going to heaven. And I, so every night for about five or four days, four nights, I, I, um, I laid awake and thought about it. And it was on a Thursday night that, you know, in our, on our family, we lived in the, on the road and we lived in different vehicles. At this time, my brother and I stayed in a separate vehicle. And so it was just him and I, he was older, so he had a different bedtime than I did. He could go to sleep an hour later, right? <laughs> and so <laughs> I had to go to sleep, I think at 10 o'clock and he, he was 11, you know? So I would lay there for about an hour waiting on him to come back. And I would think about if I was left behind, if I would not, you know, uh, be brought in the rapture, if I'd be, if I'd go to hell. And I just, I thought on that. Finally, that Thursday night, I said, hey, John, do you think you could go get mom? I want to talk to her, you know? So he went and got mom. And I told her, I said, I'm not sure that I'm going to go to heaven. She said, let me get your dad, you know? So she went and got dad and he, he came in there. And I remember kneeling by the bed. He told, he told me, he took out the Bible and just kind of like your father, you, you, you know what, you know what the Bible says about salvation. You've heard it. But he took John 3.16, and the cool thing is he did the very thing that the man who led him to Christ did with him. He took John 3.16, mm. he read through the whole verse there, and then, he, and then he put my name in the verse. And maybe you've heard my dad tell that testimony, but he said, you know, if Marshall yes. will believe on him, he shall have everlasting life. And he said, it, it says here, if Matt Marshall will believe in him, he shall have everlasting life. And uh, man, I, and I, don't know, I don't even think I put it together. That, that that he did that when he got saved, but that night I I literally, brother Josiah, I, in my mind I could see Christ dying on the cross for me. It it, it just it just like this is for you, and mm. hearing it all your life, and 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 I don't think I was rejecting the gospel. I think I was just kind of 
um, you know, trusting a prayer that I had prayed and, and saying, you know, you know, kind of a checklist. I did that. And that night, I remember just when he told me about Jesus Christ dying on the cross for me, like you said, I did most of my sinning later in my life. I think done most of my sinning when I was, since I've been married. No, (laughs) (laughs) that's what your wife would say. (laughs) My wife would say, but I, but at 11 years old, obviously you didn't have, you know, your, your conscience is awake, but your flesh is not fighting as much, I guess you could say. And the Bible talks about youthful lusts, right? So there's something that wakes up there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but man, at 11 years old, I, I remember it today, and I, I accepted Christ as my Savior. And uh, that very next morning, I went. We were at this these people's house, and 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 I told everybody you know, uh, around the group and told them I'd been saved. And uh, I, man, that was it was it was different. Something happened, and I, mm-hmm. I never forget that Christ revealed Himself to me through the Word of God. Uh, the cool thing is, the man that led my dad to the Lord was Dallas Billington in Akron Baptist Temple in 1953. And uh, such a cool heritage to know that the Word of God is still saving and still uh, it, it still brings new birth when your faith and trust is put in that Word and in the Lord Jesus Christ. And and so I have a similar track in that that I did struggle with it with a little bit, um, when, especially when you grow up uh, going to different churches. One of the things that you you learn is People compare their salvation testimonies um, to someone else's. And when you hear that, it's very easy for you to start comparing yours to theirs. And uh, God worked on me with that for a while and, and was patient with me for that. With that. Uh, it, took, it took a while for me to kind of nail it. I would go up and down with it. But finally, um, the Lord really, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you the verse. I'll give it to you. The Lord really helped me um, nail this down because what I came to realize was my biggest any anybody's problem man's problem is they don't have righteousness mm. they don't have righteousness it, you know right. we think well i i, I want to be saved from hell that's a, i think that's a good motivation some say you know with fear pulling out of the flame i want i want to be saved because i'm such a wicked sinner uh christ came to in the world to save sinners paul said of whom i am chief uh, i want to go to heaven i think i think that's not a bad motivation um but you know we got all these different things but the the real reason we need to be saved is we don't have righteousness and um and we need righteousness our righteousness is filthy rags and it's not enough to get us to heaven so in the middle of all this after i was saved and just trying to nail this thing down the lord gave me this verse verse in my mind i was thinking what else do you need to do to get assurance i mean uh, you know, pray, pray again, you know, get baptized again, go for it again, weep on the, on the ground more. What more is needed? And the Lord spoke to me through Romans chapter four and verse five. But to him that worketh not, hmm. but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. And it sealed it for me. What do I need? I need righteousness. Where do I get it? I get it by faith. How do I get it by faith? By not trying to get it by faith, but by trusting. Right. <laughs> right? By not working for it. And mm-hmm. I don't know who's listening to me out there right now, but I, I would say this. The, the, the Word of God is the answer. Right, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know. the The record helps you know. The record gives you the assurance. And so I went to the record, and I went to the record 
many, many times, went to the word of God and looked it up. And, you know, I, I, I had prayed and, okay, I felt this experience or that experience. And, well, no, you really didn't do this. And one thing about it, when the devil gets involved with that, there is never an answer. And if your flesh gets involved, there's never an answer. But when I looked at the word of God and said, my main problem is I need righteousness. And how do I get it? I get it by faith. And that faith comes to the man that stops working, stops yeah. praying, stops Amen. asking, stops repenting, stop, you know, not that we don't repent anymore, but I mean, keep asking for salvation again, keep asking for it. And well, this message was this, and I heard this, and this guy said, you know, I've heard some crazy things in my life that sent me down a path of, of, oh no, oh no. And what you end up doing is you're chasing this salvation carrot, so to speak, that other people are putting in front of you. And really what it comes down to is you're trying to have their experience and you want to be foolproof. I mm -hmm. want to, I want to know. Well, the only way I'm going to know is if I'm in the word of God and my trust is in that book. And so the Lord really used that. Uh, my assurance, I think, came later. I've told people, um, if anybody ever is saved, then they have the doctrine of eternal security. You don't have to feel it. You don't even have to know it. But if you get saved, you have eternal security, right? You have right. passed from death into life. That's a doctrinal truth. Not everybody has assurance. Right. And that's why I believe mm -hmm. the Apostle John said, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal right. life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. So I wrote this because you've already believed, but I want you to know that you have eternal life. So there's a difference between having eternal life, i.e., becoming a, a Christian, being born of God, new birth and having the knowledge that you have eternal life, which we call assurance. Mm -hmm. And for a while, I didn't sit and rest in the assurance chair. What's amazing is I was in the eternal security chair the moment I trusted Christ as my Savior, and I've been there forever, but I didn't sit down in the assurance chair and say, okay, Lord, I'm not going to keep asking you because your word said you heard me the first time. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so... Right. You know, I think for us, Timothy's growing up in, the, in, in church, um, our dads had greater experiences. They, you know, you talk about your dad having hair down his back and you talk, you talk about looking back through some memories and seeing the difference. I mean, a visible difference between what you used to be and what you are now. When you're raised up in church, you don't have that. Um, but it's nonetheless, it's still the same unbelievable salvation power, the gospel that is needed to save a goody two-shoe, like a church yes. brat. Amen? Amen. You're right and about so that, that. That's my salvation testimony. And, and I'll say this, um, you know, salvation assurance and all that and confidence. One of the, another verse the Lord has, has used a lot in my life is Philippians 1.6. He which hath begun a good work in you will perform it, right? Being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun it. Uh, it was not me that, that showed the interest in my lost soul. It was the Lord that showed that interest. And he wanted, wanted me to come to him, and he started to draw me. And uh, I thank the Lord that, that I was saved. That was April 29th, 1991. I was baptized uh, the next month, and um, I thank God that uh, I thank God that I'm saved. I'm thank, I thank the Lord that I'm not keeping it, uh, and that 
you know, I'm, I'm thankful that I don't have to bring a goat in a minivan every Sunday to sacrifice. <laughs> have I, I got enough animals in the van. Okay. <laughs> I don't need to bring a goat to sacrifice or some turtle does. Wow. What a mess that would be uh, to, to please the Lord. I'm not trying to earn my way. He's, he's provided the whole thing. And I thank the Lord that I have his righteousness by faith. And if you're out there, you're struggling with that, or if you're listening to us and you're not saved, I'm telling you what you need right now. It's, it's righteousness, and you will never have assurance trying to earn your own righteousness. You cannot do it. Yeah. It has to be imputed, has to be added to your account from someone else. So he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You need to be made righteous in God's sight, and that is only done by taking the righteousness of Christ and having it imputed uh, to your soul, to your to your spirit, and He He births you into the family of God. I'm thankful I did get saved. I'm thankful that I'm still saved, and I'm thankful that nothing can take it take it from me. So that's my salvation Amen. testimony. Now, now we're going to move into um, Brother Josiah's love life and go. No. Whoa, that's an ex <laughs> I wish that was less extensive than it is. But uh No, no tell us what yeah. happened, you know, a little bit more in your life. Yeah, so from the time of salvation, um, you know, obviously being raised, you know, I heard a preacher say it here, the pastor I took over for, um, he said, you know, you're raised in the light and uh, you know, you're surrounded by it. So it brings different challenges or different um opportunities even of, you know, I was exposed to you know, recognizing, is there a call in my life or praying about a call, um, you know, praying about service to the Lord from a young age, you know, where some people get saved later. Like I remember hearing the story of brother uh, Spurgeon, David Spurgeon getting saved and, you know, then becoming a preacher and, and he and my uncle Bob, who were both in, you know, biker clubs and stuff. And, and uh, then both got saved and now they're preaching for each other and, you know, all the rest. So it's really neat to see how God does that, but they, their experiences are way different than mine. And so, you know, but I began to wrestle with, uh, am I called at the age of 12? Um, does God want me to serve him? And I think, um, you know, for me that the call of God is not, uh, I used to think it was a stagnant thing. Like it happens at one point, you reject it, you accept it. And then, you know, he'll never pass by this way again. Um, and, uh, and so I really, that's kind of what I was wrestling with was if God is calling me now, I better surrender to it because he may not call again. Now, you know, that might be true. There might be a, there might be a moment where God says, okay, well, I, you had your chance, but at the age, at the age of 11 or the age of 12, I think God was just beginning to work on me and I was sensitive to it. Uh, like I said, I was reading my Bible. Um, our church was active in street preaching. Our church was active in visitation. And, uh, you know, I wasn't a perfect kid. So there was that wrestling too. You know, I'm still, you know, a kid. I'm still learning, still growing in, uh, you know, in stature with, in favor with God and man and all the rest. And so you have these different struggles. But um, I remember wanting these things, you know, and the Bible says in First uh, Timothy 3, he that desires the offer, office of a bishop mm -hmm. desires a good work. And uh, <clears throat> I had always emulated and loved and would watch these preachers and said, man, that's something I just would love to do that. I'd love to be a preacher. And I used to stand on our back porch in Detroit <clears throat> and we had an alley in the backyard kind of deal. And, and I don't know how or why this happens, but, you know, we had a big echo in our backyard where you could <laughs> hear it reverberate. It was like a big microphone. It felt like. So I would stand on the back porch um, and I'd have my Bible open on the banister 
around the railing there and it was kind of wide so I could put my Bible out and I'd read a verse and I'd start preaching just to nobody in the backyard. And, uh, and I would just go for, I don't know how long it felt like an hour, you know, I just, <clears throat> I just keep going. Um, but, uh, we would go and we would do, I would do that. And, and then I would go on visitation. I would go, uh, door to door. We would do all these different things. And so I just got involved and I felt God's, I've just felt like, man, this is what I want to do. And I, so I wanted it. I would say I almost wanted it before God even really began to deal with me that this is what he wanted me to do, Sure. but I desired it. And, I, and obviously I think that was a godly desire. So, but I was praying about it and asking the Lord, do you want me to be a missionary? Do you want me to be a pastor? Do you want me to do this? And and I think that was, um, if looking back, I, I think, you know, maybe those significations or those uh, different qualifications that I was putting on it wasn't maybe the best perspective, but it put me in the mindset of God, whatever you want me to do, I want to do. And I remember, uh, it was Dr. Uh, Dr. Gipp, Sam Gipp would come to our church every January for a three or four day meeting. And he would, uh, he and my dad were, uh, friend, you know, friends with each other, knew each other well. Um, and became very, very close, uh, as far as when he would come and visit. And he was up preaching and he, he talked about, he was pre he'd do a lot of things on the King James Bible. And that was kind of his ministry, but you know, he was also just a preacher. I mean, he would, you, if, if you only know him through his books, you might think all he ever preaches or talks about is, is uh King James, which is a blessing, but he was, a, he's a fantastic preacher, funny guy, just very endearing in his, in his preaching. And, uh, but he was preaching one night on uh, being sober, being vigilant because your adversary, the devil is a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour and how God needs people to step up to the plate and and god is looking for people and calling them to ministry and i just remember that night <clears throat> sensing that god uh, was putting on my heart that decided not only do you want this but i want you to do this for me i want you to be a preacher and uh and i knew full-time christian service and you know we could go back and forth on you know you surrendered full-time christian service but you know that's what every christian should do and so we all technically should be surrendered or are surrendered to that that's just what a normal christian should do so I, I kind of already had that in mind, but it was just, I could tell this was, I felt, felt and sensed that God wanted me, me to be a preacher of the gospel, to help mm. people, to win people to Christ, to have that, that lifestyle that fighting back, you know, fighting, uh, fighting the devil, essentially, it was kind of the idea. But I remember going forward and the Lord uh, surrendered, just surrendered to whatever he wanted me to do. Um, and uh, I believe I was called to preach that night, 12 years old. Um, mm. And I began to just continue. I continued street preaching, had a couple of friends that were really good at provoking me, uh, to good works. Um, we, he would, had a friend that he would go to the street corner where we grew up and in Detroit there, um, you know, just city blocks kind of thing. And so you just, you'd always kind of have a street corner, but the street corner we had was right on a, a relatively, you know, busy, not a highway, but it was Grand River Avenue. So relatively busy. He would go stand, there was a Dairy Queen there and so a big parking lot and he would go stand at the edge of that parking lot. Just, we would babysit him on, you know, Monday through Friday, his mom worked and, and a single parent home. And so my mom would watch him after school for a few hours until mom got off work. And, uh, it was him and his brother, but this, this guy named Andy was his name. And, uh, he'd make his own sandwich board signs and hold got and carry gospel tracks. And he'd go stand at the corner and street preach. And, uh, so he got me going with him. I would go out there and stand with him and, and try to pass out tracks and street preach just right there in the corner. Um, and then we'd go to the park and we'd pass out tracks and he's tried to do a Bible study in the park. Uh, and, uh, you know, and so he was really provoking me and helped me along and it really helped, uh, my love and desire for that as well. Um, and so I just got busy, whatever, whatever opportunity I could take, 
Um, I remember I preached mm. my first message that year at my uncle Bob's church, uh, watch night service. You know, they let oh, everyone yeah. preach. Oh yeah. Yeah. And my first message I ever preached, I read the entire first chapter of Job. So Job one, and I got to the end and I had a whole outline. I mean, I, it was, I think it was a good outline Yeah. and, uh, you know, it was fantastic at three points, a poem, you know, all everything you mm -hmm. need, it was a, probably alliterated. And, uh, but I got to the end, I was so nervous. I was shaking, I was sweating. And I, I remember I read it, <clears throat> I read the passage. I got to the end. I looked at my, my final statement of like, you know, application or whatever. And I, I just said, you know, if Job could rejoice in the Lord, uh, then so can you. And then I closed my Bible and sat down and my uncle Bob, who is dun, just, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> That's, that's right. Uh, you know, like that was it. That was, it was that's over. It. And, uh, so I went and sat down my uncle Bob with as much grace as he could. And he, he's a gracious guy. He, he really is. And, uh, but I thought he was going to kind of make a joke. He didn't, he just got up and said, man, I got something from that. And he's like looking around. He's like, yeah, I got something from that. Man, that was a blessing. <laughs> Did anybody you know? else? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I got something uh, from that. Were, were you guys listening? <laughs> yeah, right, right. It's, so, yeah, it was really great. cool. He is a good yeah. man. Yeah. So, and he's been, a, he was actually at my ordination. That was really cool. Uh, he helped ordain me. He laid hands on me. So, that was really neat to have him there. But, yeah, that was the first time I preached. But then, yeah, I just preached on the street and then I would go and, man, I would just, uh, you know, uh, whatever, whatever door was open. I remember teaching at BBS at our church. I remember, you know, and I was given opportunities. People, you know, they weren't trying to hinder me. You know, mm. and, and we would do youth rallies. And, and I remember we got to the point where we were doing youth rallies, even with your church there, where mm -hmm. you were a youth pastor for a while. And you would come out. And I remember I was you know, somewhat involved in that. I was still pretty young at the time, 13, 14, maybe, mm. uh, maybe 15. No, about 13, 14. And I remember being involved in that to some degree. We would sing or we would organize and, you know, get churches together. And, and, uh, and then even later on uh, after that, we would do like quarterly meetings and we would you know, that was the teenagers. That was our desire. We were trying to push for those things. And, yeah. and, uh, had pastor Sal come up one time and preach and had the men of our church preach and, and people gave us those opportunities and, uh, it just continued. Um, and I think God has opened doors for us to do that and, uh, and allowed us to continue in the ministry. So, so that was, uh, that was my call. And then it just developed over time. We ended up going to Hope Baptist church after the church we were attending. Um, my dad decided to leave. Um, and we ended up down in Ohio and, you know, got in a youth group the first time in a real legitimate, you know, organized youth group with, uh, there at hope and, and, uh, loved it and had opportunity there as well and visitation and preaching. And mm. I remember my youth pastor, pastor Heaton, pastor Dave Heaton, uh, he would give me opportunity to, to teach sometimes in Sunday school, like a 10 minute thing or a devotional or give me jobs or projects. Um, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, really would develop those things in us and give us opportunity. And then uh, off to Bible college, um, Bible college, I went and I wrestled with that, uh, whether I should or not. Went a couple years at Golden State Baptist College in California, uh, was kind of just a square peg and a round hole, just didn't fit, uh, didn't work. Um, but I think God brought me away from that, met my wife there. And then I came home and, uh, and attended my church's institute and did mm. that for a couple of years. And not to get into the long story of all that, but did that for two years, um, or no, did that for one full year, started my second year, but my wife and I were together. So I ended up moving out to Nevada. So ended up finishing that up later. Um, but, uh, just that, that process of time, and I don't know how, to, how far to get into the weeds here. I don't want to, uh, take any of your time away, but, um, 
you know, that was my call. And I've just seen God's hand every step of the way confirming that call. Um, mm. It wasn't, it was, I think that moment for me with Dr. Git preaching and that verse and that message that night was God's, was God's first call to me to say, hey, serve me with your life. Give yourself to me. And I was willing to surrender that night. And then over the, over time, there were other opportunities and other times where I felt, you know, I could go this way and maybe try that. And I could go this way and maybe try that. But it was like God kept drawing me back to himself, showing me, hey, I want you to serve me with your life. I want you to be a pastor. I want you to be a preacher. And uh, God kept confirming that over time and uh, has led me every step of the way, you know, even though I've bucked at it a time or two and, you know, tried to go another direction. But uh, that was that was my uh, call to preach story. And um, and, and I, I want to say to anyone out there that if you're listening and you're, you're wondering what does God want you to do, number one, he wants you to be uh, present your body a living sacrifice. He wants you to present yourself and be in full-time Christian service. Nobody is, if you're saved, no one is exempt from that. There's not like some that serve the Lord with their lives and some who don't. We're all right. supposed to do that. Um, but if you're, maybe you're wrestling with, uh, maybe you're wrestling with a specific call, uh, continue to give that to the Lord and just serve the Lord where you're at. Just keep going down that road, down that path until God closes the door. Cause God will, God will find a way to close that door on you. Uh, I've seen it happen in people's lives where they tried and tried and tried and tried and just didn't have peace. And then God slams the door shut and opens up another one. And that's where the, God wants them to be. Now I've got a friend who right now I went to Bible school with, and he thought, you know, ministry was his future, but now he's going to school to be a lawyer. And he, you know, he's in the perfect will of God, serving the Lord at his church and, and, uh, God's really using him in that way. And so, you know, um, just keep going down that path and ask the Lord to continue to show you. Um, so anyway, but that's my call to preach. I'll try to leave it off there and, and we'll see where else we go with this. But brother Matt, uh, you know, when did you know you're called to preach or how did that work out in your life to, to end up in the ministry? When I got saved at 11 years old, I was, you know, was saved in April. I got baptized in May of 1991, and there was just a lot that woke up, you know, um, in me, uh, spiritual desire. And the very next year in 1992 was the first year of Camp Berean, which is was a ministry of, of Berean Baptist Church in Rockford, Illinois. Uh, and at that time, I, you know, you're, you're I'm, I'm 12 years old now, and Everything's changing, like you said, and, and, and God started to really work in my, in my life. I had a real spiritual desire at that time to know the Lord, um, to study his word, and to kind of just make some things real for me. And so that summer was the first camp Berean, and I went there as a 12-year-old young man. So it was my first you know, seventh grade. Here we go into uh, the foray of, uh, of youth camp. And that year, uh, Brother Maury Gibson was preaching. And he just talked about the Lord looking for someone and how the Lord sought for people and he's looking for you. And, you know, I, I grew up in a family that under underplayed and under, um, my, my dad did not want to call me to preach. My parents did not want to call me to the ministry. And so they kind of downplayed it's where I'm looking for. And, and so I thank the Lord for that because it, it wasn't any pressure to do that. There wasn't a, hey, carry on the family business kind of thing. It was, uh, you know, if God's called you to do it, do it. But uh, so what I'm saying is when I when I went forward during camp, the, the Lord, the Lord convinced me that this is what he wants, wants me to do. You, you need to preach the word of God. And I went forward and surrendered to that. I remember telling my dad he came and prayed with me that night. And he was it was kind of a 
you know, amen, praise the Lord. You know, it wasn't a man, my son's going in the ministry kind of thing, you know? And, and so I thank God for that. I, I do thank God for that down, downplaying. And, and so, man, after that, I was kind of like you in that, that, you know, you're, you're, you want to do what your dad did. And, you know, every, I guess every fireman has his kids play like they're a fireman and, you know, a policeman and, and whatever, you know, you're a journeyman mm -hmm. and you're an electrician, your kids will take the tools and play like they're, they're being you. So when I was a kid, I would, I would preach and stuff. Uh, some of it was just trying to tell my sisters to leave me alone. Um, you know, <laughs> find some Bible verses on that. <laughs> Amen. Uh, amen. But, uh, I, you know, I, I played, preached uh, when I was a kid. But when I was 12 years old, something something happened. And I took I started taking it seriously, started making outlines, started looking in the scripture. So in the fall of 1992 was the first time I preached. And the, my first uh, experience preaching and given testimonies. But here it is. This is the, the main speaker was none other than a Christian school chapel. Now. That is what you call uh, forced spirituality right there. Uh, <laughs> the only good thing about a Christian school chapel to the, to the kids is at least I'm not in class right now. But uh, the rest of it's, you know, depending on the school, and I've seen some really good schools with good spirits in the chapel services, but I've been to several Christian school chapel services where the kids did not want to be there. And so sure. I'm preaching at 12 years old uh, to, high, you know, all the way up, through high school, through through the senior year, and I preached on uh, that the Lord was, you know, in, in Ezekiel, God was looking for someone to stand in the gap, and uh, I they videotaped it, and my first message, and I don't remember all the points. I remember studying for it, and 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 really like the Lord gave me a message, you know. Mm -hmm. But I I preached almost the whole time with my hand over my mouth. It was a nervous cook, and I kind of I would I would put it down on like this, you know. And God's God's looking for someone to stand in the gut, you know. <laughs> he, he'll take he'll take anybody, right? That's <laughs> great. Family laughed about that later, you know. Uh, I talked about a hedge, how it was like, you know, he's he, he make up the hedge, you know, in his pile. It was a pile of sticks, you know. <laughs> the hedge was like a pile of sticks that were made up, and, and people try to get. It, it, you couldn't hardly hear anything that I was yeah. saying. Uh, but man, you talk about throwing to the lions. Uh, preaching in front of a bunch of high school students, um, not fun. But I'll say this. I knew I was supposed to do it. Now, I Amen. grew up in the ministry singing, giving testimonies. Uh, but when I preached that day, it, it it was so uncomfortable for me. It made me so nervous. I was out of my element. I knew I wasn't good, but I was trying. And But I knew I was doing it for the Lord. And, you know, I was called mm -hmm. to preach in July, and this is like September. And my first opportunity to preach after being called. And uh, man, I'll never forget that. I thank God for his patience. I thank God for his working in my life because it was a horrible first message. Uh, <laughs> I remember pre I preached one time at a church in Ohio, and I might have been about 15 by this time. And I read the verse wrong in my study. And I believe it was somewhere in the Old Testament about God being the uh, breath, the breath of God. And I. Mm preached the entire time on the bread and how God was like bread and the Lord's like bread and the words like bread. And uh, the pastor came to me later and he just said, you know, just make sure you read the text, you know, before <laughs> I read the, te Oh, breath, man. Oh, well, well, he's, he's that too, you know, but yeah. I, I didn't know what I was doing and, and, and uh, I still don't know what I'm doing, 
but <laughs> but I I am so thankful for his patience. You know, again, first uh, uh, Philippians one six that he is uh, he's continued to work in my life. I, I um, after that, I, of course, finished high school. We were on the road till I was twenty one. I started Bible correspondence when we were still on the road because uh, it, you know it was conducive to moving around. And started taking Bible correspondence. And then finally, when I was 21, it was taking a while to get through it. It was, you know, I graduated younger from, from high school, but I went, it took me a little bit longer to get through it. So finally, I was like, I'm not going to finish this unless I go. And this was a big deal for me to go to Bible college because in my family, um, up to that point, the only way to get out of our family, I say, you know, get out, but to leave was to get married. That's the only way anybody had left. Uh, and, and in our family, you know, we sang together, and and that combination of singers had to be modified when someone got married, and so it was a bigger deal to leave. Uh, and and you know we were it was like a family, you know, if we want to say family business that way. But every everybody played an intricate part. And so when I left for Bible college, this was a this was a big deal in the family because I wasn't getting married, and it was a big big step for me um, to 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 take on my own. And I, I'll never forget, I went to Bible college in Central Florida, and the very first Sunday that I was by myself, I had this one-bedroom apartment that I rented, and I sat down there, and I got Marie Callender, uh, which is uh, uh, frozen foods, right? It mm -hmm. was a TV dinner. And I sat down there and warmed that thing up in the microwave and sat down at the table and realized, there's nobody for Sunday dinner. This is crazy. This is <laughs> wild. Where's everybody at? You know, And it was a real... A real a metamorphosis for me. God really worked on me. I used to walk and pray and and just talk to Him. Um, went through a lot of challenges at that time and learned to just cast my care upon the Lord, memorize verses. And God used Bible College there. I went to Landmark Baptist College in Haines City, Florida. Dr. Mickey Carter uh, was the pastor uh, and the founder of the college, and uh, he he pastored for fifty years and retired. Uh, just a few years ago, and I thank God for him. He, he is a faithful man of God. I call him a, a prophet. He had a prophet-like status, and that 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 spirit in which he preached and ministered was really, you know, asking God to perform miracles and seeing them happen. And mm -hmm. he really influenced me, not on the flashy ministry side. The college wasn't a big flashy school. I think we the most we ever had was about two hundred. Um, but you, you work really closely with him. You saw the ministry. And you saw God's hand upon him. Um, he had taken a stand for the King James Bible many years ago, and and you know lost through it, but but also gained through it. And has written an, a, at least one book on the King James, and uh, is a good, godly, faithful man, uh, Southern preacher, Southern gentleman. Uh, has those Southern sayings, you know, and could turn a phrase. And he used to preach, man. He, and I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something about the bureau rats today, you know. Him <laughs> getting on there, and I just love the old school. Uh, it reminded me of my father. Um, their walk with God was more important than whether they said it in this perfectly, you know, framed way. Um, not that he wasn't eloquent or couldn't, you know, couldn't speak well. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying his walk with God was was up close. It was it was out front and. The faithfulness of that man uh, still rings true today, and I thank God for the experience I had there at Bible College. Um, you know, as my as my dad said, he said college is really the whole point of college is to learn how to study. 
And, you know, that's, that's what it did for me. It's, it started me down a path of study. And uh, since then, I have grown um, in my understanding of the Word of God and my stand on the King James Bible and my teaching and preaching of the dispensations and, and, and rightly dividing the Word of Truth. And, and a lot of foundation was given to me. And I thank the Lord that um, I'm still learning. I haven't, I haven't gained all the knowledge I need, but I'm thankful, Amen. Lord, that, that He's brought me to where I am at this point. Uh, I, you can ask my wife, she, she learned pretty quick. I'm, I'm a pretty motivated self, uh, studier, a student, um, self-taught. And I learned that from homeschool. You had to kind of teach yourself. And so my dad taught me that as well, kind of have this insatiable desire to know and to dig in. And so I stand upon the shoulders of men and that, that, that taught me that I've sat under. And, uh, so I thank the Lord for that. Um, Again, like you said, we probably won't want to dig in. We don't have much time left here, but uh, of you know where we went from that, I, I've, I've worked at a church in Illinois for about seven years and sat under a great man of God who had earned doctorate degree and would teach the Bible like nobody else I've ever been under. He was a, right. he was a phenomenal man, a phenomenal Bible teacher, and um, he, he wrote like a doctrinal dissertation for every sermon. I mean, I, I've seen mm-hmm. his notes, six and seven pages, you know, Romans times a new Roman 12 point, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing where he's like, this is, this is a lot of it was original too. I mean, mm-hmm. amazing. He had source, he sourced stuff, but he, his thoughts were very unique. And yes. uh, so I sat under him for seven years, got to work with him and he, he gave me a love for just systematic methodical study and preaching of the word of God. Uh, and then for 10 years, I was with pastor Walt Shepard in Finlay, Ohio. And uh, for, by the way, the first pastor is uh, Dr. Chris Huff, uh, and he's a good man of God that stood for the Lord. And um, Brother Walt Shepard is still a pastor to this day. He started a church in Finley, Ohio, and right two weeks after 9-11. And he, uh, he's a great man of God who loves people and, and uh, loves the Word of God, teaches it, and, and taught me to um, not only to, you know, to get bogged down in the details, right? Not to, not to get bogged down in the details, but to, uh, to see see to get your eyes up help people uh, minister to people and had uh, 10 great years uh, working with him as assistant pastor and I was privileged to uh, preach um, almost every Sunday night for 10 years he allowed me to uh, have the pulpit and we we shared ministry wow. together in a lot of ways and I was able to preach through many books of the Bible many many topical series and I, I just I tell people I'm, I'm I'm not convinced of much more than the Word of God. I mean, that's where it's at. My hope is there. It's not in my ability. It's not in my connections. Uh, it's not in my ability to preach the Word of God. But the Bible is is unbelievable and it's powerful. And so I thank the Lord I get a chance to preach it, teach it, and try to share it with other people. Amen. Mm. So that's my kind of up to. You know, we we haven't, we're talking about our. Our love life. We're not talking about, um, you know, all, all, all <laughs> the bad and necessarily bad experiences we've had. Everybody has them, but just kind of our right. ministry track. Uh, you know, I went from growing up on the road, ministry full time, all the time, on the stage at probably five years old, singing, um, being a part of ministry. Incredible memories, incredible memories. Been able to be to every state in the union, including Alaska and Hawaii and many foreign countries. Yeah. And I just thank God for the blessing he's given me. So here I am by the grace of God, serving the Lord by his grace and only his grace. Amen. 
I like what Paul says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. You know, he Amen. said, I'm the least of the apostles and, you know, out of due time and all the rest. And he says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. So I, I feel the same way with you, brother. It's amazing how God has used, uh, used me in spite of the, the mistakes and missteps that I've made, but God has gently brought me along. Um, Amen. like what David says in Psalms, he says, thy gentleness hath made me great. Mm-hmm. And, uh, any greatness that I have, anything that I've accomplished in my life is because God has been gentle and kind, uh, to me and his goodness has led me all the way. And so I thank God for his grace and, and my, you know, I won't, I won't, I'll take 30 seconds here. Just where I'm, where, where it led me, I ended up in Nevada for a couple of years and, and uh, served there under a pastor I'd never met before, didn't know him from Adam, and uh, but he was a good man, and he taught me a lot of just, um, uh, he challenged me. He didn't let me just do whatever I wanted. He was very good at, you know, hey, I'm, the, I'm your pastor. I'm going to help you. I'm going to show you. I'm going to teach you. And I really submitted his leadership, and I needed that in my life. You know, maybe not everyone needs that at different points, but I needed someone who could just tell me, sit down and be quiet. Just go prepare a message and go help some bus kids and go do this. So uh, very thankful for that. And then I ended up um, back at Hope Baptist Church and got involved there. And, and God really used that in my life and I've worked with junior church age kids. And then here I am in the ministry here. And uh, my love for the word of God and my love for study, my love for um, preaching has just grown exponentially mm. since Bible school. And uh, there's nothing like it. It's such a privilege, uh, you know, to preach and teach God's word. And I can't imagine doing anything else. So I'm thank- thankful for his grace leading me here and bringing us to this point. So, uh, you know, I appreciate Brother Matt sharing all that stuff with us. And uh, man, I-, I hope I hope there's been a blessing to some Timothy out there. Uh, again, maybe you're not a Timothy and going in ministry, but may you serve the Lord wherever you're at. And God will yeah. lead you and God will fill in those blanks and God will fill in all those desires of your heart you think you wanted. I wanted to be married at, you know, since the time I was 15 and, you know, wanted a woman and wanted a wife. And, <laughs> and I would try it in the worst way to try to find one. And God brought all those things into my life as I just sought him. And as I just pursued what he wanted for me, God brought those desires together. And uh, so just continue to pursue him and God will got to continue to work those things out. I want to encourage you to stay in the Word of God. You're listening to us today. Hey, our, our stories um, are our stories, but it's the story of God's grace. Someone said the past is a great place to visit, but a horrible place to live. And uh, every once in a while, it's good to go back and see God's hand upon your life. You can't live there. Uh, be confident mm-hmm. that this very thing which he which hath begun, there's a beginning, which means there's an ending. And I'll tell you this, Jesus Christ is the author and the finisher of our faith. Keep looking to him. Keep looking to his word. And uh, God will bless you as you follow him. You may not have it all figured out today, but I'll tell you one thing for certain. uh, Jesus Christ will be there. So stay with him. Stay in his will today, and you'll be in his will in 100 years from now. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back again here on on O Timothy, and we pray that God blesses you.